to allow our children's children to be dismissed to children's church this morning. As they are, if you have your Bible, want to look with me, we're going to turn to Hebrews this morning, chapter number 9. We'll read one verse for the sake of time, verse number 7. Bible students, if you know what Hebrews chapter 9 is about, you're thinking, how in the world is he going to preach? Uh, Hebrews 9 preach a Mother's Day message. Well, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to preach a gospel message this morning because it's the only one that God would allow me to preach. As I sought him in prayer. And I said, well, Lord, we, we'll honor our mothers and tell them how much we love them. But there must be somebody here today that needs to be saved. There must be somebody here today that needs help, hope, deliverance, healing, victory, peace, joy. Well, the answer's all rolled up into one person, Jesus. Jesus. I feel him so heavy that I could just put the microphone down and lay on my face. Call on his name and ask you to come. That's how strong I feel him this morning. And I'm just going to try to preach from the text that he wants me to preach from today. Hebrews chapter number 9 and verse number 7, but end of the second went the high priest along once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. I want you to notice right there, sandwiched right in the middle of that verse are the words, not without blood. Not without blood. That's what I want to title a message to preach on this morning. Not without blood. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We pray that you'll speak to our heart. We ask you, Lord Jesus, that you'll do an everlasting work in everyone that search us out. God, wherever that sin is, I pray that the blood would cleanse and wash and renew this morning. Wherever that hurt, wherever that wound, wherever that infirmity is, I pray the, I pray the blood would Find it out this morning and that healing would come. Virtue, power, and healing would come through that cleansing blood this morning. I pray, oh God, wherever there's brokenness, wherever there's a severance, wherever there's a, a need, oh God, the blood would find it out this morning and bring restoration, bring unity. God, create a bond that only you can create Touch us around this altar as we pray and seek your face is my prayer. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. If you love the Lord, would you say amen? amen. Brother Cord was mentioning many years ago, I don't know what year it was, I, I was listening to Brother Talbert on the radio, and uh, he was preaching his testimony message, shipwreck. And like any good Pentecostal preacher would do, and when you play it in 15-minute clips, it took a 
Monday through Friday the entire week to get the whole whole message played. I I mean I, I listened every day with bated breath. I'd never heard him preach and I never, certainly never heard that message. I tuned in every day, waiting for them to get the introductions out of the way. Come on, come on, come on. I've been waiting for this. Play that message. After I played it, I went and cried. Or after that, we finished it through the week. I went and cried and sought God. The Lord said, you need to find him. Get a hold of him and get him to come preach the Bible way. So uh, I'd heard of him, just never met him. I was going to Beaumont Conference in April for Easter. And... Uh, I knew he'd be there. So I knew he was loosely affiliated with Brother Clendenin. And I got there, and there was one of the ushers in the sanctuary, and I said, do you know Brother David Talbert? He grinned from here to here. He said, oh, yeah, I know Brother David Talbert. I said, is he here? He said, yeah, he's here. He got scanning across this before service. Everybody mingling talking. He said, he's over there. I said, where? He said, that white-headed fella. <laughs> I said, yeah. He said, yeah, that one. I said, man, I've been seeing him for years. Every time I come to this conference, I see him. I said, I, I've seen him many times. Just didn't know that that was the David talk. I walked up to him, introduced myself. Nice to meet you. Told him I'd listen to the message that the Lord said I was to book him to come to Bible way. He said he did. I said he did. Pulled out his appointment book, started flipping. <laughs> As he does. He said, Well, I booked up solid for the whole year. Ain't but one Sunday open, Mother's Day. That's because nobody wants a guest preacher on Mother's Day. And I said, well, that must be the day. You're supposed to come to Bible way. He said, all right. <laughs> Sunday morning, preached on Mary called Magdalene. And Sunday night, he preached on Giants at the Gate. I don't know how or why, but our schedules never missed. It was a few years. I was about five years, maybe four about four years before I called him and booked him back for revival. I didn't think nothing about it. He's wide open. I was wide open at the time. <laughs> he came back four years later. He said, oh, this is a modern-day miracle. I thought, what's he talking about? He said, you preach for a man. He don't, book, he don't call you and book you no more. It's been four years. You think, well, I won't never preach there again. He said, but here I am. <laughs> And uh, little did I know that God would create a bond of friendship throughout the years that couldn't be broken. We would have cried, had fun, saw miracles. And one of the greatest camp meetings we ever had, he came and was filling in Wednesday through Friday. I mean, we shouted the chandeliers out of this place. What an honor to have them today on this Mother's Day. Yes. I want you to notice out of Hebrews chapter 9 
As I read this chapter, God laying it, just laying those words upon my heart, not without blood. And I went back and I just read the entirety and I, I said these words to God. I said, this is probably the bloodiest chapter in all the Bible. The bloodiest chapter in all the Bible. Listen to this again, beginning in verse 1. I didn't read the whole thing while you were standing. But then verily the first covenant, that's the Old Testament, had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made, the first, wherein was the candlestick, that's the outer court that he's calling the first, wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant, and over it the cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat of which we cannot speak particularly. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, that's the outer court, accomplishing the service of God. That was all the priests could enter into that first tabernacle, but into the second, into the holiest of all, the holy place, went the high priest alone. Yeah. Nobody could approach God in that holy place but the high priest, and he did it alone once every year, and that verse says, not without blood. Right. Even he, the high priest, could not approach God without the shedding of blood. Which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. He said there was something wrong with the sacrifice while that first tabernacle stood. Yeah. Is that all the sacrifices couldn't make the one that was offering the sacrifice holy. Couldn't make him perfect as pertaining to the conscience. He still had a sin conscience. And he still had the guilt and the shame and the horror of his sin. He was still a sinner. That's right. Yeah. He, he approached God as a sinner. He offered sacrifice for the atonement, forgiveness of his sin, the covering of his sin. And he left the altar a sinner. And he had to come back the next year, and offer unto God as a sinner and receive forgiveness and a covering for his sin, and he went home a sinner. Wouldn't that be awful? That's right. Wouldn't that be a tragedy? Yeah. This morning that you come to the house of God a sinner. You come and you weep and you cry and you ask for forgiveness 
and you ask the Lord to cover your sin and you leave and go home a sinner. Only to know that you're going to wake up tomorrow and do the same thing over and over again. You're bound by your sin. You're controlled by your sin. There's no freedom or deliverance from your sin. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. They live under a sentence of death. Death reigned in the Old Testament. They were inherited sinners uh, and they were condemned to die. Do you know that Jesus didn't come to condemn nobody? Man's already condemned. We need a Savior. Jesus come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You were living under the sentence of sin. The law pronounced you guilty before God. All in sin and come short of the glory of God. We've all turned aside. We've all went astray. We're all guilty before God. What are we to do? What are we to do? We come to church. We, we weep real tears. We feel real conviction. We're really sorry for what we are. But in our hearts we know there's no escape from it. I'm bound by it. I am who I am. The Apostle Paul said, I believe, and it was in Romans chapter number 7, prior to his salvation, who shall deliver me from this body of death? He's looking for a Savior. He's crying for deliverance. He needs to, to know there's some help, there's some hope that can free him from this death that clings to it. That's right. Then in Romans chapter 8 comes the glorious deliverance Hallelujah. of Jesus Christ. Oh. Uh, thanks be to God which giveth, who giveth us the victory right. through Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen, in, in let me, the Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. Then in verse number 11, there is a word, a conjunction, it's like a, a word that joins two sentences. Yeah. But this one word joined two covenants. Right. The old and the new. Yeah. Verse number 11. But Christ. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Another play, I've heard a message preached one time. But God. Yeah. But here it's but Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. Amen. See that word, that conjunction there? But neither by the blood of goats and calves. Here it is, uh, a word that uh, 
that separates the old and the new but brings them together. But by his own blood, by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause, for this cause, what cause? He offered himself. He offered his own blood. Right. Not the blood of bulls and goats, but the blood of the sacrificial lamb of God, the holy one of God, the sinless one of God, the spotless one of God. For this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. That's right. He is the mediator. He is the one that goes before you unto God. When you approach God, he is the sacrifice for your sin. That, therefore, you are made a priest of God. We're a holy nation, a holy priesthood, made so by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's your mediator before you ever enter into the Holy of Holies. Christ goes ahead of you and he sprinkled that blood. He has sprinkled that mercy seat. He has sprinkled that blood between the veil and the mercy seat. He has paved the way. He has made a way. And he has cleansed you. He has washed you. He has purged you. He has sanctified you. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Paul said such were some of you. But now you are washed. Hallelujah. You're justified. How? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes, thank God. Thank God. For this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. Jesus said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. This cup is the New Testament uh, in my a new covenant uh, with God. I will go before you and make a way, not like the old way, but a new way, a new and living way. In the old covenant, uh, you approach God as a sinner. In the new covenant, uh, you'll, you'll approach God as righteous, uh, as holy, as redeemed and sanctified and born again and transformed and made new by my blood. Hallelujah. What the blood of a bull, a goat, a calf, a heifer, what that could not do is impart unto you spiritual life. Couldn't do it. Could only atone for your sin. But it couldn't make you new. Amen. It couldn't remove sin. It couldn't take the sin nature out of you. It couldn't destroy the power of sin. For this cause was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. 
You don't understand at Calvary, Satan was vanquished. At Calvary, the middle wall of partition was torn down. The way to God, the access to God was made available. Why? Because the the, the, the sin plague, the sin curse was removed and taken away through the blood of Jesus Christ. Man could now walk with God. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. I'm lost today without the blood. I'm a broken man without the blood. I'm being hell but for the blood. Hallelujah. My family would be broken but for the blood. My children would be astray and lost but for the blood. I'd have no hope of tomorrow but for the blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of, of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Somebody said, this is my last will and testament. This is everything I have to give. This is all I have to offer. And this is what I leave behind. That's the last will and testament. And in order for the will to be good. In order for you to receive what's in the will and testament, uh, it has to be that the deceased leaves it to you. One had to die to give you what was uh, theirs. The last will and testament of God the Father is His Son. Hallelujah. It's all I have to give. It's everything I have to offer. If you want to inherit eternal life, I give to you my Son. That's right. He had to die. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force, meaning it's binding after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. There was only hope of pardon until the lamb died. There was only hope of atonement until the lamb died. There was only hope and talk of forgiveness until the Lamb died. <laughs> Hallelujah. Men were guilty until the Lamb died. 
Men could only be sinners until the Lamb died. Sin reigned, death ruled until the Lamb died. And everything that God ever desired to give unto man was made possible through Christ. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. Even in the Old Testament there was a type of one who would come and give his life. The first testament was dedicated or whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood for when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people saying this is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry and almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without shedding of blood there's no remission. I told you the longer he talks in Hebrews 9 the bloodier it gets. Everything's covered with blood now. The tabernacle the instruments, the vessels. It's all got blood on it. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. Without shedding of blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but in the heaven itself. Christ entered into the real holy of holies, yeah. into the real heavenly throne room of God. Right. What we saw in type by, by the earthly tabernacle, Christ right. entered into the heaven. Yeah. Not every year, but once yeah. for all men, for all time. Right. He entered in. And offered himself. Now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not yet that he should offer himself often. As the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world he hath appeared to put away sin. He, once uh, in the end of the world he has appeared to put away sin yeah. to put away sin to put away sin yeah. to put down sin to destroy sin yeah. hallelujah I need you to understand why he died. I, I need you to understand the power, the authority, the work of the blood of Jesus to put away sin. Are you bound this morning? There's the blood that's been shed for you. Do you feel hopeless in your guilt and shame? There's the blood that's been shed for you. The power of that blood is to put away sin. Hallelujah. 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 
that I might destroy the works of sin to put away sin in the earth to rend the veil as my body was rent and my blood was shed you might find an access away unto God I offer unto you this day through my torn and rent body through the blood that I shed for you. This is my covenant. This is my promise. If you will look to me and you will call upon me, I will answer. I will show unto you my salvation. I will give unto you my deliverance and you shall know my joy. You shall have my peace. And you shall inherit my promise of eternal life. It's found nowhere else, saith God. I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. There's no other way. You must surrender yourself to me, saith the Lord. You must give yourself unto me as I have given myself for you. There is no greater love than one that lays down his life for another. And I have given my life unto you. This is eternal life, saith the Lord. I call upon you to receive it. Turn me away at your own peril. For there's no hope outside of me. There's no help but mine, saith the Lord. I've shed my blood once for all. This is my offering for you, saith God. And why will you perish? Why will you be lost? Why will you live? under the tyranny of sin in its bondage to be holding in its captivity I am the Lord and I have come to set you free saith God oh there's nothing more powerful in the whole universe if you could stretch beyond this universe and enter into the third heavens there's nothing more powerful not even in heaven than the blood of Jesus Christ Heaven would be empty, but for the blood. That's right. <laughs> John was allowed to see him to heaven. He said, I saw people robed in white, robed in robes clean and white, made white by the blood of the Lamb. Somebody here today, 
you need to be saved. I've wept over you not even knowing who you are. I've wept over you without knowing that it was you that would be here today. I've wept over your soul and I've pled the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, if they're lost, please save them. Please save them. He's done all he can do. He's given of himself. Somebody said he spilled his blood at Calvary. He didn't spill it. He poured it out. He spilled something that's accidental. He didn't spill it. He poured it out. He offered it unto God for your sake. He died for you. He died to not only pardon you, he died, but so that you could have his life. He bore your sin. He gave you his righteousness. I want to ask you today. Are you ready? Are you ready for him to make you new? Are you ready for him to remove your sin consciousness? And to give you a God conscience? Bible said he'll purge your conscience from dead works that you can serve the living God. He'll take away your guilt. He'll take away your shame. He'll take away your sin. There's no other deal. God makes no other offers. He's never going to have a going out of business sale and offer you something any cheaper. Won't allow the offering of his only son to be cheapened, watered down, diluted, shortcutted, or circumvented. Is Jesus or is nothing? I got to study this chapter out the type in the Old Testament. The high priest went in once. Jesus is our high priest. That high priest had to offer a bullock for sin offered for his own sin. The lamb was for the sin of the people. And then there was the blood of a, of a goat for the heirs of the people. That was the unknown sin. Then the, he would go outside of the tabernacle and lay his hands upon the head of a living goat transfer all the sin of the people onto the living goat. They would lead him out into the wilderness. He was called the scapegoat where he was supposedly to carry away all the sins of the people never to return again. Jesus is the high priest. Jesus is the sin offer. Jesus is the lamb of God. Jesus is the scapegoat. Jesus is every vessel in the tabernacle. He's the labor of washing. He's the table of showbread. He's the lampstand made of pure gold. Jesus is the all in all. Jesus is our everything. How are you and I need to be saved? I would just simply call upon that name and tell God I agree to your terms. I agree to the covenant that you offer. I plead the blood of Jesus as my pardon. By the blood of Jesus, wash me.
me, cleanse me, make me a new creature. I was sick in my body. I would plead the blood of Jesus and with his stripes were healed. Hallelujah. If I needed the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I would seek Jesus for it. To, for he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah. He's our everything. He's our all in all. He's the one constant. He's the one theme in heaven. Hallelujah. Jesus. You're here. You feel like you need him. You're desperate for him. Why don't you meet me in this altar? Why don't you lift your hands? Why don't you utter his name? Why don't you enter, enter into covenant with him through the blood? Why don't you plead that blood for your own pardon? for your own mercy, for his grace to be extended. Hallelujah, for your sins to be washed clean, for your conscience to be purged and made new. Hallelujah, for your body to be healed, for your family to be saved, for your children to be saved. Hallelujah, for our nation to be turned from the wickedness, from the evil, from the depravity. Jesus, 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 hallelujah, mothers, don't leave now without your gift.